This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. Knowledge at Wharton here on Sirius XM 111 Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Another Japanese company is at the heart of a global scandal. This time, Kobe Steel has admitted falsifying data on aluminum and copper that is used in cars, planes, and trains. More than 500 companies worldwide may be impacted by this, and this news comes in the wake of scandals with Takata, Toyota, Nissan, and other Japanese firms. And in fact, there's another element to this, which is starting to make the rounds right now, in that Subaru has said that it is using unauthorized, or it has used unauthorized technicians to inspect its vehicles for decades. Richard Dasher, director of the U.S. Asia Technology Management Center at Stanford University, joins us to discuss this. Richard, this is this is incredible. This this these latest revelations about Kobe Steel and now Subaru. Yes, it is. This is one of the biggest challenges to the whole association of Japan with high quality that we've seen since World War II, and I think that uh, the fear in Japan, if anything, exceeds the fear that we have out here, because uh, Japan has really relied on its reputation for sterling quality in all of its products. And all of this comes as Prime Minister Abe has had his run-ins politically with issues as well. So, I I mean, I think that, that almost kind of builds off of one another. It does. I think what you have is some issues that developed over a long time in Japan, Uh, First of all, the reputation for quality in large part is deserved. Things are over-engineered in Japan. They're really engineered to perfection. And one of the ways that they were able to do this is to have people on the shop floor all feel a sense of ownership for the quality of what was going through the line. But as uh, this happens, as you get used to your reputation for quality, Of course, there are the pressures to cut corners, especially as the Japanese economy has not grown so fast in recent years and Mm -hmm. as lower-cost competitors come up with uh, products that may be close to the same kind of quality, uh, you cut corners. Then uh, the real issue that is probably more distinctively Japanese than uh, the cutting corners is that there's kind of an avoidance of confrontation in the whole governance process. Mm -hmm. And you see this at all levels in Japanese companies and in Japanese government. And I think there's probably the biggest connection to what Prime Minister Abe has had to face. Well, the interesting piece, and we'll start with Kobe Steel, is the fact that you're talking about product that goes to a variety of different sectors. Obviously, with Subaru, we're talking about the cars themselves. But Kobe Steel is the one that's providing some of the aluminum for these cars. And it just... the, the and num- also for airplanes yeah. and for high-speed trains right. and for many things. And, and this requires... A, 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 almost an unprecedented level uh, of, uh, of inspection by all of these companies making sure that these products are, are safe. It does. One thing to notice about Kobe Steel is that it's really a group of companies in a Keidatsu, each which has its own kind of business line, some of them focusing on a particular type of material. Right. So really this issue with the Kobe Steel group 
started last year, back in 2016, with a company that makes steel wire. And it turned out that uh, they had supplied wire to customers that was not up to the specifications that the customers expected. So what the point is, is that this is not just one isolated factory inside Kobe Steel. This is kind of across the group. And it's a way of getting things done that has spread throughout the organization, I hate to say it, like a cancer. And now they're really having to pay the price. Once you establish a reputation for quality, how do you reestablish it? Well, in terms of the copper, which is lumped into this, where where is the copper used that uh, that could be impacted and obviously needs to be looked at? A lot of the copper that they were selling that has been at the heart of this latest scandal was copper tubes used in heat exchangers. And uh, they were being used in cars. Toyota and Ford and GM all were buying uh, parts that right. had these, um, this material in it. Also, Boeing was yep. uh, having it in airplanes. Uh, Japan has just come up with a competitor uh, commercial aircraft to the Boeing 737 the Mitsubishi regional jet, and this material is in that. Now, part of the thing to notice, though, is that of the 500-and-something companies that were affected by this, whatever, steel uh, material, copper and steel and, and uh, whatever that's not up to snuff, none of them so far have found any defects that have any impact on safety. So you right. see the over-engineering here. Right. And so, yeah, they can get by, even though they falsified the data and said it met a certain specifications. Uh, unfortunately, these engineers who were supposed to be engineering to perfection also had a sense of fault tolerance, and so they took the easy way out. Well, and as you kind of alluded to a second ago, to this point, uh, none of these issues have been linked to any injuries or deaths that we know of. But that's still something that is obviously going to be in the works as as all of this uh, inspection and investigation is going to continue. But there is significantly the issue of lawsuits against Kobe Steel, and and I don't know what's going to happen with Subaru uh, moving forward. Yeah, uh, with Kobe Steel, certainly there's the possibility of lawsuits. They have enough assets that they should be able to overcome uh, the sort of normal costs of recall that would be associated with this. Uh, There's speculation that they might sell off their real estate company. So you see what I mean, and it really is an interesting group of companies. Uh, But with regard to Subaru, I should also note that as of today, it's only the cars that were uh, targeted for the domestic Japan market that are at issue. It's not the cars being sold uh, overseas yet that uh, they haven't – that has not come out. And um, so it's about 250,000 cars that they might have to recall. But I don't know yet. But the key word there is yet. Right. You know, because I'm sure that that people here in the United States uh, and the federal government are probably going to be looking into – now, I mean, with Subaru, do they have a specific time frame that they are looking at in terms of those vehicles that are being recalled? Not that I'm aware of. Uh, They said that they have found that this uh, inappropriate process – now, in Subaru's case, it's not the material itself or or the car itself – 
it's the way the inspection was done right. that's the issue. Right. And they have gone back and admitted to doing this as much as 30 years. That's the kind of the amazing thing, and you mentioned it a little bit ago, is that these are companies that, at least from the perspective of a lot of American consumers, were always seen to be above reproach, very credible. Uh, the The quality of the vehicle or the quality of the, the entity was, was, was very strong. And as you said, with this going back several decades, that really puts a, a crimp in the economic potential growth, I think, uh, of Japan, especially when you have this concern over what has happened over the last 20 or 30 years. Oh, it's a huge issue. But you have to, you know, think about what concretely went on at Subaru. It seems that someone would be assigned to the job of inspecting vehicles right before they're shipped. This is like the final inspection at the factory. And to do that, that person is supposed to have a license, a certification from some authority in Japan. So they put the person on the job and they let him start to inspect vehicles while he's getting his certification. And the, in, during that period, he's borrowing the personal stamp of yeah. the person who has the certification and using that to, you know, stamp the document. So um, if you really do believe that your shop floor is absolutely doing great work and you really trust in your own kind of quality processes, you cut that corner. And that's what has been going on at Subaru. Um, It's not acceptable. And I think that the real issue that Japan will have to do at all levels, not only in this kind of product inspection, but corporate governance itself, is to allow more outsiders who are actually confrontational. Right in the way that they approach this. Now, were the is tr- an inspection just a blessing for right. something you already think is right, or right. is it really an inspection? Now, were the trainees that at, at Subaru that were doing these inspections, were they being supervised when they were doing them? Maybe. <laughs> right. But the yeah. thing is, is, was the supervision something where there was an expectation or a real challenge to make sure everything was all right? Correct. If you really believe that the assembly line is perfect and everybody on the line is sharing ownership and the quality of this vehicle, maybe you don't really inspect it as carefully as you would if you were inspecting somebody else's car. Do you think this has an impact on not necessarily Prime Minister Abe, but the government of Japan and how they think about these corporations and potential regulations that they may or may not have in place to make sure that they are doing the due diligence? You're looking at a long process that has already been starting. Uh, More companies in Japan have outside board directors than used to. I think that what you'll see as a result of this is a change in the way these kind of inspections are done. I think that there will be a more confrontational approach by the uh, inspectors for the government side that are not connected with the company. I think there will be more um, site visits, unexpected site visits, to see if the processes are actually being followed. And, uh, they, you know, that will work for a while. But, again, the problem is if no one wants to have a confrontation, if no one wants to say up front 
that there's a problem here, mm-hmm. then uh, they all go back and they talk it over over a cup of coffee after the visit and try to work it out uh, inside the company. Maybe that works and maybe it doesn't. Well, with the fact that, that Nissan is also dealing with it, with its uh, you know inspection data scandal as well, it, can, can we start to maybe put a linkage between those two issues when you're talking about two automakers in Japan? I think that probably there was a sense that everybody does it, so we should cut the same corner. Right. And that, you know, that that's sort of a universal tendency when you see how things are done in an industry. Right. It could also be that some of the standards, some of the quality procedures are overly burdensome. Uh, I think that um, foreign companies in Japan have certainly had a very difficult time achieving the uh, standards that uh, JIS, the Japan Industrial Standards Authority, has been demanding. A lot of it even involves cosmetic details rather than uh, real necessity. And I think that also encourages the engineers to say, oh, this is good enough, and put a stamp on. We're joined by Richard Dasher, who's director of the U.S. Asia Technology Management Center at Stanford University. We're talking about the Kobe Steel scandal as well as the latest news involving Subaru, where uh, they may have had issues in terms of inspecting vehicles coming off the lines at some of their plants in Japan. 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. Or if you'd like, send us a comment via Twitter, either at BizRadio111 or my Twitter account, which is at DanLoney21. I'd be interested to to know, Richard, if, if you are hearing from people that are involved in companies here in the U.S., about more specifically the Kobe Steel scandal and their reaction to what is occurring right now. I haven't really heard much reaction from the company side here. I think they're being quiet because uh, there is the possibility of litigation. And uh, until that is kind of clarified whether they really uh, should go after uh, Kobe Steel, they're not going to say a whole lot to an outsider like me. Uh, 844-942-7866. If you'd like to join in, we're talking with Richard Dasher of Stanford University. Uh, I would imagine that obviously Boeing has already been in the midst of doing inspections to, to check, uh, the product that, uh, that they got from Kobe Steel. Uh, but, but how significant is this worldwide when you're talking about some 500 companies, uh, in a variety of different platforms that are having to do all of these inspections now? It's a great cost. Uh, it is certainly uh, something that Kobe Steel says they are going to cover. Uh, their stock price is down by about 35 or 40 percent. And uh, I think that um, this is it's an issue that is, unless they find a sa- something that impacts safety, mm-hmm. it's going to be considered a problem, but a problem that can be overcome. However, the reputation for quality that Kobe Steel has lost as a result of this is going to be something that probably will take years and hundreds of millions of dollars to reestablish. I, I would also be interested to get your uh, your insight because obviously Kobe Steel is not the only manufacturer in Japan that is exporting uh, product to, to various points around the world. Uh, I would guess that there probably are at least investigations to some of the other companies as well, just to make sure that, as you kind of alluded to, 
if one company is doing it, why don't we do it? So would there be that same type of investigation as well? Certainly, uh, there is a sense of being under the magnifying glass for all of the competitors of Kobe Steel as well as for uh, that uh, company or group of companies itself. And in a sense, that's a positive thing. But we've had just a series of problems with all sorts of Japanese companies, not only Nissan and Subaru in the car business, but Toyo Rubber, Asahi Kase in the chemical industry. We had the accounting scandals from Toshiba. Um, we've had uh, Olympus, which was uh, falsifying its financial data. Yeah. Uh, this is something that has uh, really started to come to light. One of the mysteries is how this first got revealed to the public for Kobe Steel or for the, uh, the Subaru incident. I have not been able to find out whether it was somebody in the company who's you know, talked to a journalist and said, hey, something's going on, or if one of the inspectors for the government side said, hey, you know, this is not right, and mm-hmm. they, they told things. It's kind of a mystery um, just how this came out, but in some ways it's a good thing that it did. Well, and it- this can get Japan back on track it just as a huge issue until they do. And because steel is such an important topic here in the United States, at least with uh, the current president uh, that we have in the White House, I- I'm wondering if the the government, which obviously Japan and the United States, Abe and Trump, were trying to develop a relationship several months ago, I'm wondering if the U.S. government brings this up to some degree. They might, although, remember, this is basically something that's good for every competitor of Kobe Steel around. Right. So uh, the U.S. companies, uh, if they don't have similar problems, uh, are in a good position to be more competitive on world markets. Great having you with us today, Richard. Thanks very much for your time. I appreciate it. Thanks, Dan. You got it. Richard Dasher, uh, director of the U.S. Asia Technology Management Center at Stanford University. It's amazing that you keep getting these string of events. And the Kobe Steel one is something that has been playing out over the last few days. The Subaru piece, that's brand new, folks. That is just within the last few hours. Uh, And uh, as uh, Richard mentioned, some 225,000 Subaru vehicles in Japan most likely will be recalled to be re-inspected. Don't know if that will happen here in the United States. Uh, The suspicion probably would be that it will. Uh, But again, no injuries, uh, no deaths, at least to this point, with either one of these uh, instances of uh, scandal uh, to this point. Many thanks to Richard for joining us on the show. Sirius XM 111 Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. Thank you.